One of the things that I really enjoy doing is sharing music and artists that are oftentimes obscured by the monolithic music industry. You know, there's so much good music out there, especially music that glorifies God, that a lot of people just will never have the opportunity to hear. Tonight and right now, I am going to share a track that falls into this category. The title of the track is Alive in Me. And it's done by a project known as Bring the Ember. And after we get done listening to this track, we're going to get to meet the man behind the project, Bring the Ember, and his name is Lane Meyer. So get ready to rock. This song is called Alive in Me.
Welcome to Raven's Heart and the Lithos Cry podcast live stream. It is our must-see Thursday evening stream. And this is the man behind what you just heard, Bring the Ember. Welcome to the live stream, man. Glad to be here with you. So I have to start with this because this is really kind of unusual. Every once in a while, we we do have bands reach out to us, but a lot of times it's me going out and finding people. And you were the one that reached out to us. So I'm really curious, how is it that you found Lithos Cry and Raven's Heart? Yes. So um, I was perusing through YouTube one day and I uh, um, your interview with Dr. Michael Heiser um, from a while back, uh, kind of popped up, uh, just in a like, Hey, recommended videos. And so I'm a big fan of his work. I've read his book Unseen realm demons, angels, um, supernatural. Um, what's the other one reversing Herman. I've listened to countless hours of his podcast and videos on YouTube. So needless to say, I'm a big fan. So anyways, I was watching his, uh, his interview with you. And then I, I saw that you, you know, you had mentioned something about being a music ministry. And then I looked you guys up. And then I thought, well, hey, maybe I'll just reach out and see where this goes. You know, I got nothing to lose, really. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how I found you guys. Well, thank you for reaching out to us because I really like your music and that song, Alive in Me. I, I got to ask this question, okay? You, you're behind the project Bring the Ember. You do all that yourself? I do, yes, yeah. So everything that you, every, everything that you hear in that is, is Lane Meyer. Yes. That is absolutely amazing. You know, some of the things that I really like about that song, of course, we're going to talk about the message in just a few minutes, but I love the way that song just builds to the chorus and it's just got really good structure to it and it, it moves. That's what I, what I feel when I listen to it is it just keeps moving. It it moves you in a direction when you listen to it. it just doesn't kind of hang out there and leave you, but you're taking a person somewhere. And I believe it's with the message. And in regards to the message, what is it that the concept that you want the listener to grasp when they listen to this song? Yeah. So I kind of wrote this as like a, um, a proclamation of Jesus in the life of a Christian. Uh, so going back to Michael Heiser's work, um, so yeah, I'm very much a, a subscriber to divine council worldview thinking, um, you know, Deuteronomy 32 worldview. Um, so I tried to incorporate some of those elements into this song as well. Um, so yeah, like it, it, just talking about how it's really, it's really not about us and what we do, but what about as what has been done for us. Um, you know, so in the chorus, it says, uh, and now I see that it was never me to be the one that um, brought this life from death and misery. Um, and that's, that's really just saying like, I, my part in this, you know, my part in my salvation is not, not based off of what I did, but what he did. Um, and then I've, I've written, so those divine counsel element um, that I've written into the song. So in the breakdown there, you, you know, where it gets like really heavy, um, I have a line stating, shut the dark ones away uh, in the light of your flame. And actually the whole second verse as well is talking about um, powers of darkness and how, um, you know, even though they may be operating for now, they've, they've ultimately lost the battle. Um, and in the end that, you know, it's, it's, it's the believer that is one through Christ. So, yeah. 
It's interesting you say that because during the interview, at the end of the interview, I said to Dr. Heiser, I was like, well, it's going to be really interesting to see how many metal songs are now written based upon your works. And here you are, you've already written some songs based upon Dr. Heiser's works, you know, and really his writings and his teachings. And I, when I first started listening to him, I was like, "Eh, I don't know about all this. But then when I started searching the scriptures myself and taking the church classes off, I was like, oh yeah, this, this makes total sense. And it takes a total wrecking ball to Western Christianity today, the way that it is. And that's one of the things that I like about this song is that it takes a complete wrecking ball to Western Christianity. It's about Jesus and not about us. And how did your life change? I don't know if you're like me or not, because when I was first saved and born again, I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to go do stuff for God. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to live my best Mm -hmm. for Jesus. It's about, you know, that's what I thought it was about. But, you know, after really having revelation from the Holy Spirit and then, you know, researching what Dr. Heiser's written, it's like, oh, it's not about me. It's about Jesus as an imager of God, one of his imagers on earth, Jesus working through me and being that temple. It's not about me doing it, but it's about Jesus living through me. How did you, what was the watershed moment for you to realize that? And how did that change your life when you're like, oh, it's not about me doing stuff for Jesus, but about me letting the flow, the spirit flow through me? Yeah. And I think, so for me in my walk, cause I've, I, I'm one of those believers that I've, I've grown up in, in Christianity and I've grown up in a, in a, in a Christian home. So, um, that's not to say that I haven't had my, my struggles, um, with that and, and definitely like really pondering, um, that kind of thing. And so for me, it's, it's definitely been a journey, uh, to come to that realization. Cause I, I, I definitely look back on like my childhood, um, when I was younger and I definitely had a much more legalistic view of, of faith. Um, you know, I, I thought that if I said, if I said or did something, then like automatically, nope, no, like you're out, you're, you're out and like, you're, you're completely condemned now. Um, and so as I've grown, as I've grown and matured, you know, kind of, kind of around, you know, adult, you know, young adulthood and into adulthood, it's, that's been a, a progressive thing that I'm just, you know, constantly learning and, and recognizing and realizing that it's like, you know, um, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right. So that's that's something that I always go back to. And it's like, you know, even though I, I am still going to stumble and fall, um, I'm in a I'm in a category of people um, that are um, I, I'm in that category that, you know, they're in Christ. There's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ. So it, it's amazing how much we subscribe to groupthink a lot of times and we get into that mindset of Western Christianity and we really miss what Jesus is doing or wanting to do through us. And when I listened to your song and I took a look at the title of it, it took me to the book of Acts with Stephen, the martyr. Mm, yeah. And I was looking at that again this evening where, yeah, Stephen preached the gospel and that really ticked people off. I mean, there is absolutely no yes. question, no yeah. question about that, but it actually goes a little bit further because in Acts chapter six, it says that he was a man of great power and of great wisdom. And that's because he was letting the Holy Spirit or Jesus live through him. And he makes that very clear 
in Acts chapter 7, verses 47 through 48, and at verse 51, I found this very interesting, and I want to share this. He says, but Solomon built him an house, howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. And then in verse 51, he said to the Sanhedrin, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. And really, that was the icing on the cake for the Sanhedrin, where it's like, okay, it's about Christ living through me, living in me, what you're singing about that led to him being stoned. Yeah, the gospel ticked him off, but that was the icing on the cake because you remember they saw that as blasphemy against the temple. It's like, wait a minute, God's living in you? That's blasphemy. You know, everybody's screaming blasphemy. And I really see with a lot of people that I've been talking to, Lane, is they're really coming to this realization you know, what Dr. Heiser talks about is being the imagers of God mm, yes, on earth, yeah. that we are the light on this earth and we are to bear his image. And that's what we were created to be. And it makes so much sense why Satan and all of the demonic horde and all the other things that are thrown in there, when you take a look at the unseen realm, tried to suppress that through religion. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really makes it... Um, clear why that is. But more and more people are having an awakening to that right now. And that's why this song that you have is so timely and why I wanted to get it on on here and share it with everybody. So let's talk about you for a minute. Um, musically, I, you're the guy behind everything on this. Did you have any formal musical training at all? So, uh, yes. Um, I When I started out playing guitar, I was probably about 14 years old. Um, and around that time, I just you know, I just discovered rock music and metal in general. Uh, before then, I didn't really, didn't really know anything that heavy really even existed. Um, but my brother came home one day from a uh, a, um, a a youth retreat uh, where uh, the band Pillar um, had been kind of like the the feature band of the of the weekend. And so he came home and he played me one of their songs, and I was like. So this is amazing. <laughs> and that just kind of like opened the floodgates of, of me getting into um, music. Shortly after that, I, I discovered uh, a friend of mine said, hey, you should check out this band Demon Hunter. Uh, and then that just that just put me oh, right over the edge. Great bands. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Um, so, yeah, I was getting into that kind of music. And then I said, oh, I want to play guitar. I definitely want to play guitar now. So I, I asked my dad if he, you know, could I can I play guitar? And he said, you know, my, my dad was, you know, music was a passion of his. He was a, a, a music teacher. And so he was like, absolutely. But he said, I want you to start with an acoustic guitar um, before I, before you move on to electric, probably, probably to see if I would stick with it. Um, so I said, okay, I agree to it. And so he bought me an acoustic guitar and I played, played that for a while. And then he finally bought me an electric guitar. And then uh, I did start out with some lessons uh, about a year of lessons and then the kind of, you know, just general guitar lessons. And then I switched to taking two years of classical guitar. Um, so I have at least three years of formal training, but then after that, I, um, I, I, I discontinued the, the, the formal lessons, but then I, I continued on, um, just, you know, I bought, I went to the music store and I bought books, you know, just training books that came with the CD and you plug it in and it, you know, does that kind of thing. And I, you know, download a lot of tabs off of, you know, guitar tab or uh, whatever it is, ultimate guitar. Um, so I did a lot of self-training and then kind of uh, when I was about 20, I went to, I did a year of Bible college and I did take some more 
music lessons out there, but I took some, I took some piano and voice lessons. And then I was also part of like a, a worship band out there. So. And for our viewers and for our listeners, this is actually an international stream tonight. You are in Canada. What part of Canada is it that you're in? I'm in Alberta. So I did not realize that. Again, this is very different because this is the first time that I've met Lane. And he reached out to us over here after seeing the Dr. Michael Heiser interview that we had. And uh, this is the first time I'm actually getting to know him as well. And this is really exciting and really interesting. I did not know the depth of this. So can you tell us a little bit? I love to hear people's testimonies. How was it that Jesus saved you? When did you come to the realization that you needed Jesus to save you? Yeah. So again, growing up in a, uh, a Christian, uh, household, you know, I, I, you know, you're really exposed to that, uh, all the time. So it goes back to when I was about five years old, I, I think it was like a, um, you know, one of those backyard VBS kind of, kind of deals. Um, and I remember, um, accepting Christ, um, all the way back to the age of five. Um, but again, so like, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey for me because I, I haven't had that experience that maybe someone else has, you know, growing up there, you know, 30, 30 plus years or something. And then all of a sudden now you've changed to a different worldview. Um, so I've grown up in this, um, but I made the decision to get baptized. Um, oh, I can't remember how old I was. I was probably about 12 somewhere around there. Um, and that's, that's when things really seem to kind of change for me. Um, and then, you know, now, now with the understanding that I have from like Michael Heiser's work, I I look back at that and go like, it's because I made a declaration, um, (laughs) that I was going to follow Christ. So that's probably why things really got, you know, kind of just shifted for me then. And then it's, it's just been a growing process ever since then. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you've probably realized, and I've realized this as well, as a matter of fact, since I started doing this live stream and a lot of our viewers that are watching right now, they are, they they know this and the people that are listening is I used to preach against heavy metal and hard rock. I was one of those guys. Yes, I was. (laughs) And then, then God knocked me off my rocker and I had to go through some excruciating mental and physical pain, Mm -hmm. emotional pain uh, for God to humble me. And he used harder music, heavier music that wasn't even Christian to help bring me through those times. And I I was like, wait a minute, I hear God's voice in this. What in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. And it sent me on a journey to be like, okay, God is bigger than I thought. And he is more mysterious than I thought. And he uses anything that he wants to, to draw people or to speak to people. And what I've become to realize, and then especially after reading Dr. Michael Heiser's work and and coming in contact with him, is that my theology has changed. Now, the basis that, you know, salvation by grace through faith alone, that has not changed. And that's the finished work of Jesus. And that's it. But have you noticed that as you've been growing in Christ, that your theology has changed and is changing as you get to know him more? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and, uh, not sound like a broken record here, but, uh, yeah, like, um, I, I can't understate how much, um, the unseen realm material has just shifted, um, you know, my understanding. Um, and that's, that's not to say that like anyone who came before that didn't know what they were talking about or anything. You know, I was for years, I was very much into, uh, if you've ever heard of William Lane Craig, um, that's kind of where I got my start into, you know, apologetics, theology, that kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I have 
you know, I still follow a lot of Wheeling Link's Lane Craig's work and um, maybe it's because he shares, you know, his middle name is my, my first name, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely been a journey in that, but yeah, like the unseen realm material and just, just Dr. Heiser's approach to, um, to scripture just has really helped me kind of reorient and refocus yes. and like, okay, this, this is what things are about. This yes. is what it's about. Yes. Makes a big difference in your life. And it really enriches that relationship that you have with Jesus. Jesus becomes more than just this entity that's out there that saved you and set you free. He becomes real living. He's a Mm -hmm. person. He's with you. He's in you. And, uh, you know, it goes back to what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is within you. I mean, that is that is groundbreaking statement right there. And if we all walked in that, the power would be the same power that we saw in, in Stephen, you know, the wisdom and the power that Stephen had. Let's go back to your EP because I want to talk about this some more because I, I like several of the other tracks on here as well. The EP, again, is called By My Side. What was it that inspired you to do this project, to launch out and do a five-track EP? Yeah, so actually... Um I told Rick about this when I, when I talked to him too, I actually have uh, a whole nother album previous to this one that is up on uh, Spotify and Apple music as well. So this is actually like my, my second project. Um, and that, that first one has 10, 10 tracks on it. Um, so when I came to do this one, I was like, I kind of want to just do an EP this one and do, do less songs, but kind of do the, you know, put a little more focus uh, into making them sound, you know, as best as I can. Um, as to, as to the, the thought process behind the concepts in this album, um, the title of the album is actually based off of events that happened in my, my life last year. So I actually, uh, lost my father last year. Um, he suffered a, uh, a heart attack, which led to him. So the, the, the paramedics, they gave him, they gave him a medication that is supposed to um, break up blood clots and prevent blood clotting. And so there's a one, there's about a, we were told there's about a 1% chance that that medication can cause brain bleeding, which like cause it basically caused blood clots to go to his brain and cause brain bleeding. And and they said that was irreversible and inoperable. Um, so that was very, that was a very hard and trying time last year and it was right at the beginning like i i kid you not um it was it was right at the beginning of of covid had just hit north america and so oh, we wow. went the, we went into the hospital and here i here we are me and my family we're, we're dealing with this and then you know when we went into the hospital everyone's like oh you know the, the, the whole country Canada, I'm sure the US as well, and kind of the whole world really was like, we don't, COVID's here, what do we do? And then as we as we came out of the hospital, like 36 hours later, um, the whole world had shut down. Like it, it was like a ghost town. I it, it was it was it was the weirdest, un, most unbelievable feeling at that time. Um, so there was a lot of grief. Um, and that was this EP was my way of of dealing with that grief and, and closure. That's what makes it genuine. And that's what I hear through the music on this EP. This is not you coming up with a bunch of concepts to put out an EP, but it's heartfelt. 
that's one of the things that I hear very clearly through the tracks Mm -hmm. on this EP. And I appreciate that. And that's really where the rubber meets the road is in authenticity. And that's where the spirit moves is when you're moving in that authenticity of who you are and your experiences. And God uses those to minister to other people. And it's our hope over here at Raven's Heart and Lithos Cry that there will be many that watch this live stream and listen to this podcast that will be able to relate to what you just said and listen to your music and let your let God use that music to minister to them. Um, what were some of the things as you were doing this EP that Jesus showed you that helped you grow in your relationship with him? Because every time I embark on a new project or even t- every time before I sit down in one of these, Jesus reveals something new to me about himself. What were some things that he showed you as you were working on this EP? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's you know to say it to say it hasn't been a struggle, you know, would be a just a bold faced lie, because um, I, I definitely have had moments over the last um, you know since that happened um, where I've I've really just said to God like I really don't understand you know you know why why you took my my dad away I I, I could have had so much more time with him um, you know he was he was young by today's standards he was only he'd only turned sixty one. And so, um, in a lot of ways, I felt robbed of that. Um, and just the rest of my family, you know, um, and he was such a brilliant, he's just such a brilliant man. And, um, he was, a, you know, he was a master of, of an art that's, that's kind of dying. He was an organist. Um, and so, you know, he, he was a huge inspiration to me musically. And so, yeah, when it comes to this, it's, it's, um, I, I'll have to admit it's maybe still a bit of a, an ongoing process of, of understanding, but it's, it's, you know, a, a, the biggest theme I'd, I'd say that comes out of this is, is trust. Uh, it's not the most profound, <laughs> it's not the most profound answer to it, but it's, it's really just looking at it like, God, I don't understand, but I, I, you know, I, I believe in you and I, I have, I have reason to put my trust in you, even when I don't understand. <laughs> even when the world's crumbling around me kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I'd like to share with you as well as our viewers and listeners that it's okay to say to God, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong in doing that. And there's nothing wrong with not understanding. He's got the master plan for you, you know, everybody in your family, everything in your life. It's all part of it. And sometimes we may not get the full understanding until we meet him face to face, or it may be years down the line. But one thing that I do know, Lane, is that some of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit in people's lives are the result of suffering. I mean, that is the whole uh, epitome of Jesus's ministry was the suffering. And look at the fruit that was born out of that. And you look at every person that God used. And I believe that that God wants me to share this with you. And that this is for some other people that are watching this as well, is that suffering is not in vain. That suffering is so that you can reach others with the good news of the gospel and so that they can see Jesus alive in you. And the, re- the reason why I see Jesus alive in you is with this suffering, you didn't take it and you didn't slump into a cave or a depression. You took something with it 
and you're reaching out with it. You're, you're, you're extending your soul out to people with your music, and that's what you're doing. And I really believe that God is going to bless that. And I really pray right now that Jesus would bless you immensely with what you're putting your hands to. And that healing will come as you continue to put the hands, your hands to the work that he has called you to. I really believe that. And I really see that in you. Uh, you know, it's, it's really awesome what God is doing in your life and what he wants to do in your life. So be encouraged. And I want to share that with everybody else that's out there that's going through suffering because Lane, it's tough times. It is. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy out there right now. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't make it, nothing right now makes any sense. Nothing is normal anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine in New York a few weeks ago and she's like, you know, this is like a horror story. You know, it's a horror movie, what we're living through right now, but God, you know, none of this is taking God by surprise at all. You know, he, he knew this was going to happen. It's actually part of his plan, even though we don't understand it. And you know what? We don't necessarily even have to like it, you know, it's because it's not about us. As you were saying at the beginning, it's about Jesus and what he's doing. And uh, may there be much fruit that comes out of your ministry as you put your hand to music. I Thank love you, the absolutely, and I I really believe that was from the Lord for you. This is very I, I love what's going on here tonight. Um, let's go to the name. Bring the ember. Very enigmatic. Uh, I like yes. I like that. What are we talking about with that? Yeah, so I got it. Uh, uh, Rick asked me the same thing uh, as well in his uh, radio show. So yeah, that. So this is an interesting one. So actually, the uh, the name used to be we used to be called. I say we. It's Anyways, uh, <laughs> the name used to be called uh, Seraphim's Flight. Uh, so, whoa, yeah. So this, yeah. Is, so then we had a name change. Um, so I used to have, you know, I used to have a, a you know, more full band, and then, uh, long story short, just you know, life happens. One guy, you know, he was had a kid, and you know, other guys, you know, we're just all kind of like moving on in careers. So I just got to a point where I was like, hey, I think we just need to, you know, kind of kind of go our own separate ways for now. Um, and I, I, f I felt like the, the project had kind of stagnated and I was like, ah, I'm just not really, something's not jiving with it. So there's at least one other guy that I was still kind of, you know, working with. And I said, what do you think about doing a name change? And so, so the name change went from Seraphim's flight to bring the Ember and they both stem from the same scripture, which is Isaiah six verse eight. So, um, okay. Yeah. So, so, and you, you probably, you probably maybe saw that coming. <laughs> I, I did. No, I didn't. As oh, you, you were did? building okay. up, as you were building up to it, I was like, okay, I see where we're going with this. This yes, is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, the idea, so Seraph and Slate, the idea is that, uh, you know, in Isaiah's vision, um, he's standing before, you know, um, and actually, you know, hint, hint, this is a kind of a divine council worldview, uh, scene you know he's yep. he's in the throne room of god in a um you know he's he's standing before the throne he says behold i'm a, a man of unclean lips yes and then the uh the seraphim you know he takes the tongs and he he flies to um isaiah and touches his lips with the coal the burning the burning ember so yes so the first iteration of the name focuses on the the, the flying part um 
And then the second version focuses on the the ember parts coming from the the altar. And then and theologically, that kind of stems from um, the idea that, you know, um, the altar was, you know, the place of sacrifice. Yeah. And so this this coal comes from the altar and makes him clean. And then so we have these parallels with with the way that, you know, Jesus um, being that ultimate sacrifice on the altar of grace, he's the one who ultimately uh, cleanses us. So that oh, is I love it. That is the the name. <laughs> I love it. I love I love that chapter of Isaiah and I love those verses and that account of what happened to Isaiah with the with the ember being brought to his lips. You know, you having studied theology, um, a book you probably you might have read it already. It's a book called The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Um I haven't read it, but I know who you're talking about. Yes, yes. I highly recommend that book. It was one of the first books that I really dove into after I was saved. And R.C. Sproul just has this ability to communicate in a very, he's a a lot of times very humorous in in the way that he presents things. He's very, um, the the word for it, he's not not very religious in it. It, It's just Mm, very common the way that he writes it. I couldn't put the book down. And when you read that in Isaiah, and when I was reading that book, The Holiness of God, you just stand in awe of how how holy God is. You know, we are, we have unclean lips. And that's something that I think about sometimes. It's like, okay, a lot of the stuff that I speak and that comes out of my mouth is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be held accountable for it, you know, someday, you know, when I meet him face to face and, you know, we are unclean, but it's Jesus who cleanses us. And I love a quote by Martin Luther that I came across a couple of weeks ago is that, you know, we're kind of like a, a pile of cow manure with snow on top of it. And that's the way God sees us. I, yeah. I, I absolutely, I absolutely, have you heard that one? No, but that's quite the image. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yes. Martin Luther was quite crass with his imagery a, a lot yes. of times. Yes. Yes. So um, what bands influence you the most as an artist? I mean, art influences art and I can hear some strains of different things in your music, but I want you to share with us who inspires you the most. Yeah, so that's that's a great question. Uh, I love getting into this. Um, so I, I already mentioned uh, Demon Hunter is probably probably my favorite band. Um, I don't. There's nothing they do that that makes me go eh. <laughs> so like I, I love everything <laughs> that they put out. Um, but of course, you know they're they're well. Depending on what you listen to these days uh, of their of their discography. Um, they're you know much heavier style than what i do but i still try to incorporate some of those uh, if you listen closely there's some influences in there um so that would be my number one um my number two well two and yeah uh, like yeah for my top three it's kind of between uh like i'm very much into red as well okay and red okay Um, yes and actually, I think as well, uh, Breaking Benjamin, I, I, I would probably, I wasn't thinking of this, but now I thought Breaking Benjamin, I throw that in there as well. They're, yeah. they're quite, quite good. And then also, um, actually, Skillet is probably, um, I was very, like, when I when I got into Skillet, that's when their album Collide had first come out. And okay. man, I that was back in the day when I just had a Discman. And I just had that, I basically had like that one CD and I just played, that's, that's all I in high school, I'd just be walking around and I'd just have that one CD playing over and over and over again. And um, so Skillet's music has been a a big influence um, on me as well. And then of course, you know, I I could sit here, (laughs) I could sit here all night and list off like band after band, but those are kind of, I usually, 
I usually cite those as my top three um, influences when it comes to um, this project in particular. Okay. Yeah. I, I can hear all of that in there. It's, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And I can hear some other things that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes too, but you know, skillet, there's so many people, especially in the church community. They're like, oh yeah, they're, they're weak in their faith and everything like that. You know, there's the haters out there, but I'll tell you what, I yeah. love what John Cooper's doing right now. He is making a stand, a very bold stand for the gospel with his uh, podcast Cooper stuff. Uh, I've watched that quite often and he's been unashamed with the gospel, just putting it out there the way that it is and going against the grain of modern theology and the, um, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, all totally. the stuff that's in there, you know, the cancel culture stuff and all that. And, you know, anybody who's got any questions about that, uh, of these artists, especially artists on the heavier side, you know, being wishy-washy with the gospel, I, I have found most of the artists that I've talked to that are, are on the heavier side with heavy metal, hard rock, Christian metal, Christian rock. I'm not talking about the the stuff that's the radio friendly stuff. I'm talking about the, yeah. the real, you know, the real stuff are very theologically minded. Uh, you know, and I think, oh, yeah. It, yeah, I think it's the way the the mind is. It just kind of bends that way and, and goes that way. Let me ask you this question: uh, While we're on the topic of heavy music with Christianity and and beliefs, have you ever struggled with you know the teaching that you hear a lot of people? Um, repeat and talk about that. Well, you know, heavier music, that's not of God. Um, you know, it's of the devil. Have you ever struggled with that? And if so, how have you kind of overcome that? Uh, the short answer to that is not really. Cause as soon as I, as soon as I discovered heavy music, I was like, yes, please <laughs> give me more. Um, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that was the short answer. So yeah, like I, I know that's, that's, you know, uh, that's been a, a debate for, you know, oh, it's you know, that, and that, goes, that goes back like to even way before even both of us were born really like yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that goes way back. Oh, it actually goes back to Larry Norman. <laughs> yeah. You know, with Christian yeah. rock. Yeah. 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 Like it, there's, there's deep roots. So anyways, to, um, so I, I understand, I can understand maybe some positions back in the day. Um, the, like, to, to be fair, when you see some of the bands that are out there and what they're doing, um, I, I do think some caution is, is warranted um, yeah. when you're getting into certain, certain bands. Um, for me and my convictions, I am, I am in no way against listening to secular music or you know what you would call right. non-christian music or what have you know you know like if you if i were to show you my playlist on you know if i were to show you my itunes um or you know spotify list i've got i've got you know a lot of both you know yeah. um do i have a lot more christian than maybe not christian sure yeah i i do um but you know again i'm, I'm not against listening to those guys um, I do, I do have my limits. Um, you know, I'm not going to be listening to music that's straight up, you know, blast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I lost Lane. But uh, while we uh, wait for him to come back online, uh, we're talking to Lane Meyer and he is the man behind the project Bring the Ember. 
and he is coming back on now. This is an international stream tonight. He is from Canada, and I'm bringing Lane back on. There we go. Sorry about um, that. No, not a problem. <laughs> no, hey, that is one of the beauties of doing a live stream. We've got all the bumps, bruises, and warts with it. So yeah, go it, ahead with what you were talking about, about yeah. your uh, playlist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, um, uh, train of thought here. So anyways, I, I, I have a, you know, kind of an equal parts, um, lot, lots of, bands that I listen to oh yeah sorry I was saying uh, I'm not gonna you know I don't I'm not gonna listen to bands that are straight up blasphemous and, right. and you know like actively like against you know what I'm I'm doing so you know it's, I have my limits but you know I, I also listen to um again plenty of bands you know um maybe this is controversial but I just I bought a Lamb of God CD the other a few weeks ago and I I love it it's just it's yeah. so heavy right um because I think, you know, guys like Heiser and even William Lane Craig, uh, the advice that they've given to people is that like, you know, William Lane Craig, his, 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 what he's aiming to do is he said, you know, we're to reach all nations. Yes. And so what William Lane Craig set out to do is to present Christianity in an intellectual fashion so that those who are of the intellectual community have the ability to enter into that conversation on, on a level playing field to say like, Oh, look at this Christianity. There is an intellectual side to this. Maybe I right. will give it more thought or even, or even uh, Dr. Heiser, you know how he, you know, a lot of people probably look at him and go, well, why are you spent? Why would you go to a UFO conference? Like those guys right. are weird and crazy. And, and Dr. Heiser's like, you don't understand. Like, we got like these, these people need to be reached just as much as, you know, the, the thought process used to be like, Oh, we need to reach, we need to reach, um, you know, obscure tribes on a abandoned right. Island somewhere you know <laughs> out there. And it's like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that, but right. we've, we've really forgotten the idea of missionary work. And we, we kind of just, I think we, to be, to be blunt, we've kind of gotten lazy with it. And we think like, Oh, well, somebody else is going to do it over across right. seas. So here's some money, you go do it, have fun. And I, I sit here going thinking like, what about you? What about your own backyard? Right. This is where you are is just as much a mission field as what those people are doing as well. And God bless those people who are doing that, you know, right. going into obscure places. I'm not, again, I'm, I'm in no way um, trying to bring that down by any means. So it's this, I, I look at the same way with the, with the heavy music, you know, there's, there's a, there's there's a community there there's a culture there that i also think needs to be reached as well yeah absolutely and it's a culture that's very hungry and it's a culture that's very intellectual um it's a culture that will not take and i'm not bashing it but i'm just using this as an example they're not going to take your typical southern baptist in the united states sunday school lesson and feel satisfied or satiated from what's being taught. They're not. They're looking for the deeper. They they have a sense that there's something deeper. And Lane, I really believe this, that a lot of our modern prophets, there's a lot of them to be released that are right now in the heavy metal and hard rock community. Because when you listen to their music, there's some bands that I listen to and I just hear the prophetic stream through it. I'm like, God, you know, when God saves you and sets you free, watch out. I mean, you hold some powerful keys, some of these people. 
And it just blows my mind what they, what they're singing about, but they really don't have any knowledge of what they're singing about in, in some instances. So you're absolutely right. And you know, that word nations, like you were just saying, uh, you know, everybody thinks, oh, I need to be a missionary to Africa or, you know, some obscure country. The word nations in scripture really means peoples, that mm-hmm. the gospel needs to be taken to all peoples. And you, the way that God knit you and the way that God knit everybody that's watching us, there are certain people that because of the way you're knit, you are naturally just going to gravitate to that you're going to have a burden for to take the gospel to. You know, yes, we do need to do missions in Africa, but I, you know, and I don't feel guilty in saying this, that is not the burden that I particularly have. And nobody should feel guilt. Nobody should feel guilty about that. But the burden that I have is the same as you is it's for the people that are in the hard rock, the heavy metal community, because you know what, man, those are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I felt more comfortable. Yeah. I felt more comfortable at a Nightwish concert than I have in most churches that I've gone to. Yes. Because there's a community there. Yes. That's why. Yes. 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 There's a community and they care for each other. And really, a lot of times I've said that that should be an example and really kind of a rebuke to those of us who have not been walking in that love and care for each other as believers. You know, you go to a concert like that and you you see what's going on. It's like, oh, wow, this is not what I imagined it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not what the preacher on Sunday said that this uh, rock concert was going to be like. You know, I don't see all the prostitutes and drug dealers here. There's people actually caring for each other and, and yeah. being a community. You know, it's it's totally different. We have a lot of preconceived notions about things that just aren't necessarily true. We got to take the church glasses off and we got to take the cultural glasses off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also too, when you were talking about going to your backyard and ministering to those that need the gospel, I always go back to Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. And there's a band Hammerfall. Uh, I saw them a couple of years ago in Tampa, Florida. Oh, yeah. You might be yeah. familiar with them. They have a music video that is basically a, um, you know, a demonstration of the Valley of Dry Bones. When you watch the video with the, all the skeletons coming to life and the flesh coming on them and everything like that. Yes. I've always seen that prophetic vision that Ezekiel had as probably one of the best metal music videos that could ever exist. You know, no producer could ever match that. Hammerfall couldn't even match that. And that's a total nightmare uh, when you think about that of, you know, oh man, these skeletons coming to life and I'm prophesying and the four winds and everything. Dude, that's a, that's a metal song and a half. Maybe you could write one about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) There we go. Creativity right here. There's another song that I want to share with our viewers and our listeners. I want to thank everybody for joining in tonight. Thanks for the thumbs up. Um, it's called You're Gone. And I really like this song for a couple of reasons. Number one, it shows your versatility. Um, yeah, you're heavy, but you can write some stuff that really shows that you do have musical gifting talent and do have some training as well. But as I listen to this song, I really hear some Corey Taylor on the stone sour side, not necessarily the slipknot side, but the stone sour <laughs> side yeah. when he goes acoustic with what, with what he writes. Can you tell us about this song you're gone before we listen to it? Yeah. So again, what I, what I had kind of already talked about uh, in regards to the, um, uh, the concept of the album regarding my dad. So this, so this song and then the other song uh, um, by my side, um, are both are both written directly uh, about my dad, but this one this one speci- is is really uh, yeah. I, I kind of wrote two version. You know, the the by my side is kind of the heavy, more angry version. Like just just 
kind of letting out some of that aggression. And then this is the more emotional uh, song to just like kind of just, you know, just just pouring all my emotion into it. Um, so it, it's really just about letting go, really. Um, and I, as much as as much as the song is very, you know, per, kind of written from a personal point of view, I, I do also have it in mind that like, you know, and, and anyone who's listening here, because I, I, I recognize that a lot of people have also lost even before COVID they've lost loved ones. And, and over the last years, lots of people, there's been just so much death and loss. And so I also want the song to be, um, to be there for other people as well. So this song isn't just for me. It's for, it's for anyone else out there who's experienced, um, loss like that. Um, and just, just this idea of letting go, you know, um, in the, uh, I'll give you, you know, a bit of a preview. I'm I'm letting go because there's one thing that I know for sure. It's not the end. I will see you face to face again, and that's that's the last chorus. Um, so yeah, there's there is hope. Um, there's there's pain in that song, but there's also hope. Yes, and this is "You're Gone" by Bring the Ember.
Lane, that is absolutely beautiful. The emotion and the way that it's constructed, it's that is what I call and what scripture would refer to as skillful playing and skillful musicianship. I'm just sitting here soaking that in and I do have to mention this because my studio mascot, I call him my co-producer. It's Mac, my Boston Terrier. He's actually in here behaving himself (laughs) tonight. Oh, wow. And he's just sitting here. He's got his ears up. He can hear the music through the headphones. I have him up high enough so he can hear it. And all during that song, he just sat there listening to it. And you could see his ears, you know, perked up during the whole time. It's just brought a hush over the studio. So yeah. absolutely, this song is totally Mac the Metal Dog approved from Lithos Cry and <laughs> nice. Raven's Heart. Um, this also brings up another important point about music, because I think a lot of people in their religious mindset, yes, you know, we're to glorify God through our music. You know, he's to be glorified. That's really the ultimate aim of it. However, God's given us music for us as well to help us process emotion to help us process the things that we don't quite understand in life. And I really believe that this song, You're Gone, does that, is it helps us deal with the horizontal issue as well. I mean, when you take Mm -hmm. a look at the Ten Commandments, we've got the vertical, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. And then thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, those those are the two of the greatest commandments that summarizes all the Ten Commandments. You have the horizontal and the vertical. And you're addressing both in your music. You know, we did that with Alive and Me. We took care of the vertical relationship with God. Now through this song, we're dealing with the horizontal. And I think a lot of people in their religious mindset, they get so vertically minded, they neglect the horizontal. They neglect mm. human emotion, the reality of that experience. And he gave us music, gave us poetry, gave us literature, gave us painting and art on all of those things. So we can help each other try to understand this experience, which is kind of mysterious, called life, which most of the time doesn't make sense. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I've found over over the course of my journey that, uh, you know, growing up, everything was, you know, very, very, um, you know, emotion-based a lot in the church. Um, you know, you have this emotionalism from, especially a lot of the worship. Um, I, I won't name any bands or, or, you know, artists or anything, but but, you know, looking back, even like 10 years ago, it's like, yeah, it just, it just felt like a lot of the worship music was more about like making you feel a certain way. So we went from, you know, the old time hymns because people are like, oh, those are those are boring. And we need something more emotional. But now we've kind of swung the pendulum all the way to the other side where it's just just emotion and there's there's no substance to it. And really what I'm trying to do is is reorient as best as I can in, in, a, in some small way. Um, I want to try and reorient me, the you know, Christian music to be, to kind of have both of those, those pillars of emotion as well as, as theological substance and, and bring them back together. Because if you have one or the other, you know, if you just have like the theological substance, it, it just kind of feels dead and, and just kind of bland. Um, and then if you just have the strict yeah. emotionalism that, that, that's just a, a roller coaster. That's, that's, you know, at, at some point you're going to, you're going to run out of that, that, that tank is going to empty real quick. And I, and I've experienced yeah. that I've experienced both. Um, and so I, I think I'm, 
you know, it, for where I'm at now, I'm, I'm really trying to just blend the two together and say, you know, we, we kind of need both again. Like I, I love, like, I, I love the old hymns. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I almost break down in tears now when I listen to them because of, because like they were just, there was so much substance and so much understanding in those old hymns. And I, I feel like we've lost that to a degree, not completely, um, but I, I think we've lost that in a lot of ways. And, but, but at the same time, it's like, well, we are emotional beings. So I don't also don't think we should lose that either. So, right. yeah. Right. God gave us emotion. You know, Absolutely. it's a God given gift for our survival and our comprehension of the world around us, both the seen as well as the unseen emotion, you know, factors into both of those realms, if you think about it. And it's a matter of submitting that emotion to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the power of the spirit that dwells and is alive. Let's go back to your first track, to the spirit that's alive in you. And that's what it means to be a disciple. And I've learned this. This took me years to learn. And I read it in a book. I've read a number of books, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. And they don't all have pictures in them either. So, no. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of them are a lot of text, but there's a book called war on the saints, uh, written by Jesse Penn Lewis. Uh, it's kind of like the unseen realm in a lot of ways where it talks okay. about the counterfeit of the Holy spirit mm-hmm. and how demons work, but it's not sensational. It's not satanic panic stuff that was written in the eighties <laughs> and the nineties. Uh, this was written like in the early 1900s, I believe it was after one of the great revivals, um, how you can tell whether or not the Holy Spirit is truly moving in a person and how you're really listening to the Spirit of God. And it talked about emotion in there because demons love to play with human emotion. Uh, they really yeah. do. And Jesse Pemlew has stated it this way, that you know that you're walking in the Spirit when you feel a buoyancy of your Spirit. It's not too heavy. And it's not overexcited. It's when you're just kind of in that, that steady stream, you know, it's, and I'm like, yeah. and I remember that because a lot of times, even about things about God, I find myself getting excited in the flesh and I just have to step back and be like, okay, I'm not at that buoyancy. I am just a little bit overexcited in the flesh right now. Or then that heaviness, cause that heaviness is not of God. Heaviness, you know, conviction is different. You know, that, that's different. That is not heaviness. That is a actually kind of a joyful thing where you realize that God's speaking to you and that you're being a dumb sheep and you need to, you know, change what you're doing. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a sw- conviction is sweet. It's not heavy or condemning. Yeah. But it's that mm, buoyancy yeah. of spirit and that's how emotion factors in there. So it's be being, I call it this way, and this is something maybe we can talk about on a future live stream is being spiritually, emotionally intelligent. Mm. Like and a that. lot of yeah. people, I believe, lack that because they're like, oh, man, I'm going to go to church. Glory. I mean, they're flying around and, you know, hands waving and everything like that. And, you know, and sometimes it's legitimate, but then they get out and they're depressed. And it's like what just happened in there then wasn't it wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear it. Yeah. And I was, I was just I was just thinking, too, um, you know, um, I believe it's. uh I can't remember the exact verse. Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God. I think it's the Shema. Love the Lord your God. Yes. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And Jesus even repeated that as well. Um, so it's it's heart, heart, soul, and mind. So it's not yes. just love. You know, it's not one or the other. It's not love the love the Lord your God with all your heart, so that you can be an emotionless robot. Um, or 
it's not love the Lord your God with all your heart so that you can be a wishy-washy, um, you know, <laughs> anti-intellectual for lack of a better term. Right. Exactly. You know, it, yeah. it's really both. It's, it's the whole, it's the whole of our being, you yeah. know, so. And that's what it means to be a disciple is to discipline all of those factors and faculties that God has given us so that we can be, as Dr. Heiser would put it, be his imagers yes. on earth. You know, that that's that's worth the price of this live stream here, folks. I mean, right there, you know, totally free on on YouTube and and all your uh, favorite streaming sources this evening. But that that's really it. It's the discipline of disciplining that emotion. And I can hear that in that song that we just listened to. You're gone because you have everything going on there. It's not just this sappy, I'm sad song, but you're really processing and working through the reality of the emotion that you went through. And that I believe is what's going to touch somebody, you know, could be tonight, could be tomorrow night, could be three months from now when somebody picks up this live stream and Mm -hmm. absolutely, you know, when they listen to it. So how can our viewers and listeners, where can they get a copy or listen to or stream, you know, by my side? Yeah. So, um, they're up so so the ep and then like i mentioned there's there's another album there if you look uh, as well um and uh so both of those are available on spotify and apple music so um as well i do have them up on on the the website bandcamp um so they are available to you can you could actually go to bandcamp and, and just download them if you wanted to have the actual um you know mp3s to you know put on your iPod or whatever. And, uh, I've, I've set them to be, uh, they're, they're a free download. You don't have to pay anything, um, on Bandcamp. Um, but it's, you know, open for, you know, if you, if you wanted to donate something, you're free to do so, but I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in charging for my music. I want, I just want to bless people with it for free. So. And so that we can help support you, what are the things that you would like our viewers and our listeners and and me to pray for, for you in the ministry that God's called you to? Yeah. So like I said, it's, it's not so much about fortune and fame. It's more about, um, you know, it's, it's really about what we've, everything we've, we've talked about here in the the theological messaging that we've been talking about here. It's, it's really about getting that out. So, you know, um, so in sort of a backwards kind of way, you know, the more you kind of spread the music, because I, I mean, I do want it to get out there for people to listen to, but for, for the reasons of, you know, like I said, with, with a song, like you're gone, I want it to be able to touch someone's life. Uh, I, you know, if, if somebody, you know, if somebody's sitting there listening to the song being like, wow, this guy, you know, I, I, I don't mind people, you know, I, I appreciate when people say, you know, this is a great song. But ultimately, I want the the point. I want them to get them thinking and kind of think like, well, like, you know, what is this about? And you know, and, and really thinking, um, and just pointing them to to, to Jesus. Um, so that's the ultimate thing I'm I'm looking for. Um, so just prayer for that 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 I don't get in the way of that because that's I think that's a really really hard thing to that's a really fine line to walk um, in the entertainment business because there's a lot of self-glorification a lot of people are out for it for their own um their own fortune and fame so um so just just prayer for for that kind of thing that that i don't make it about me yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I'd like to encourage you with before we sign off for this evening is don't get frustrated. Um, ministry, doing things, getting things out there, it takes time. 
And a lot of reason for that time is Jesus is still working on you and in you as you're putting your hand to the plow and doing what it is that he's been calling you to do. Lane, thank you so much for reaching out to us here at Lithos Cry. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing your music and thank you for your obedience to the Lord and what you've been called to do. And for our viewers and for our listeners, we're going to be taking next week off and then we'll be back the last week in September. And we've got an exciting addition because I'm bringing back our friends from North Carolina audible terrain they have a brand new song and music video that we are going to share with you on this live stream and for everybody stay tuned for october which we've lane we referred to october here as rocktober uh where we uh fitting yes it does does seem fitting and on rocktober 14th we are going to be announcing the headline band for Get Revelation Rock Fest coming up on May 14th, 2022 in Charleston, South Carolina. So you're not going to want to miss that. And you're going to love who our headline band is going to be. Lane, thank you for joining us. And in two weeks for all of our viewers and listeners, peace out and rock on. Lithoscry.com.